I think a lot of people fall into that cycle because that's just generally what's taught. Mm-hmm. We're taught to be an employee. We're taught to sit in the chairs at school and face forward and do the programmatic assignment and da da da. We're taught to be employees. I don't think we're necessarily taught to be uh, go after go after freedom in your life rather than go after the title or the dollar. I I never wanted titles. I wanted the freedom, so I never competed with my peers. Just tried to create for myself, my family, and my friends. Freedom. Definitely a prevalent theme across the history of humanity. We all desire freedom in some way, shape, or form, whether it be freedom of choice, freedom from tyranny, or freedom to just come and go as we please. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. On today's episode, our guest, Mr. Maurice Philogene, is going to be talking to us about the five freedoms and how you too can obtain the freedom that you desire. And with that, I'll turn it over to our host, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. All you listeners out there, if you are tired of your nine to five grind, if you're tired of being stuck in an office all day, if you're looking for ideas to build freedom and time to grow your wealth and to find passive income, this is the episode for you. All of you, please welcome the financial freedom guru, Maurice Philogene. Welcome, Maurice. <laughs> well, I'm taking you everywhere I go with that kind of introduction, my man. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you, man. You have lived like 10 lives already. <laughs> Work lives. You've been to 96 countries. Uh, yeah. You invested in all sorts of different sides of real estate. You, Man, you, you're going to bring it today. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm going to do that, man. And I appreciate you guys having me on and I've listened to a couple of your episodes and that was, that's what drew me to you guys. So I'm really excited. Fun, man. Fun. Well, tell us how you got started. How, how did you start down the path of wanting more freedom and less nine to five and what got this journey going for you? Well, um, so I am born in New York, raised in Boston, live in Washington, DC. So I'm an East coast cat for mm-hmm. sure. And a, and a, and a city dweller, if you will. Um, and I ended up down in the DC area because I went to the university of Virginia. If I fast forward a little bit, so I did mechanical engineering there, play football and did air force ROTC. And those three things were a bit of a catalyst for where my career went. Engineering is just problem solvers. So the company that hired me out of college where I still am today, I'm on my 24th year, which is crazy. You typically don't hear that nowadays. Um, it's just a consult, a worldwide consulting firm. And more so where your listenership would probably like to hear is when I got to 21, 22, uh, the notion of just sitting behind a desk for, for the rest of my life didn't sit well with me at all. Um, and something happened where I bought my first place to live. It was at the beginning of the 2000 real estate boom cycle. So timing was on my, in my favor a little bit. I bought my first place. Three months later, it was worth $30,000 more. I learned what equity was, uh-huh. ran to the library. There was no Google back then. Uh, and but I, Listen, in one sitting at the library without leaving, just drinking from the water fountain, um, I read 10 books, something to that effect. 
And then by the end of the year, I had bought 10 more. So that started my entrepreneurial journey. So in one year from reading books at the library, you had bought 10 properties. You betcha. <laughs> that is amazing, man. Now, did you grow up in some entrepreneur family or some real estate investment family? This was no. all just brand new and exciting for you? Dude, it, yes. Uh, I have a great family background. My family is an immigrant family from Haiti. Um, education was stressed in my household, but what my parents did that was great for me was say, listen, once you get your education, you know, it's up to you at that point. Um, but it was literally because I was in New York one day, I found the book Personal Finance for Dummies. If you remember that for dummies <laughs> series of books. And I figured out that if I just uh, start saving, start paying off my credit cards, right? If you pay down a credit card, it's equal to the, your return is equal to what you would have paid them. But in the back of the book, they had one little paragraph on what financial freedom was. And it was that if you had more passive income than your expenses, then your needs would be met and then sky's the limit from there. So with the timing of the real estate purchase and then my understanding of this little concept called financial freedom, I just started researching and self-educating and I figured it out. Man, that is awesome. And you were still working your normal day job, uh, your, your corporate job and investing and growing on the side. Now, when you had these 10 properties, did you figure out, okay, this is something I need to hire managers for or management companies? Were you self-managing? How are you juggling all these balls at that age? I yeah. think Chad, Chad, he must have read property management for dummies. Hey, hey <laughs> hold, hold on a second. Let, let me tell you guys something. Those books do not get enough credit. Uh -uh. This podcast was started because I bought the book podcast for dummies. So we're all here today because of those books too. There's, there's always one life changing paragraph in those books. You know, Maurice found the, the meaning of financial freedom and set him on a clear path forward from the four dummies books. So love yeah. it. I, I like for it, but sure. no management and juggling and having no idea how to do it at that time. What was your strategy or how did that work for you? I, I didn't have a strategy. I think that's the point, right? Like I, I didn't. Yeah. And I think that's what happens with, I wasn't an entrepreneur. I was a kid who didn't want to sit behind a desk for nine to five his whole life. That's what I was. And um, the one thing about me that has happened over the past 20, 25 years on the professional side is I've never been afraid to fall forward and just figure stuff out as I go and course correct. And that's just frankly what I did. And I got myself up to 35 homes and I was self-managing all of them. Oh, uh, they were as far as far from each other. The furthest south was 300 miles from the furthest north. Oh, so wow. I say I gave up my 20s every weekend, man. I was like fixing toilets and painting something and meeting a contractor to fix a window and all that type of stuff. So I think that's how a lot of investor entrepreneurs start. They, they figure something out and they just go full bore at it and course correct along the way. Is that a win for you, Maurice, like looking back? Because I know a lot of a lot of times people want to take a step forward in something. They want to take a risk, but they spend all that time, that paralysis of analysis, trying to be strategic that they never get started. So if, would you change that going back? Or would you be like, no, nah, I mean, I just had to learn on the fly. And that's what, I mean, because you, you grew quick. I, I have learned everything on the fly. Um, my next venture right now is doing a real estate development deal in the Mediterranean and the way that I figured it out is learning on the fly. I found a partner who is out there who lives on the island of Cyprus where I'm doing the work right now. 
It took me three months to find him. We, we ended up becoming amazing friends. But that's because my personality is, all right, how the hell am I going to figure this out? How am I going to flatten the learning curve? Typically, it's reading a book, getting paid mentors, which I have done to great success, or finding a partner, but someone who has been there before you. There is nothing on this planet, even what Elon Musk is doing with SpaceX, right? NASA did it to some extent, or Ford did what Tesla is doing now, starting a new uh, market. Um, someone has done what it is that you are trying to do in some capacity, so you can find that person. But no, I wasn't afraid to fall forward at all. That, that's amazing. And, and yeah, don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Get, mm-hmm. Build on what somebody else has already built and created. I, I love that advice. That's such an awesome tip for our audience there. Yeah. Now, was there any in those early days and even now when you're looking at real estate, when you're looking at uh, different, whether it's multifamily or mobile home parks or mm-hmm. residential rentals, do you look at risk? Do you look at opportunity? Uh, what's the one thing that keys you into a property or an opportunity that you say, hey, all right, I'm willing to fall forward here? Yeah, that's a good question. So where I am now on the multifamily side, so now I buy apartment complexes and mobile home communities across the United States. It's a little bit different in that space because everything is predicated on the market itself. So Atlanta is a great market right now. Uh, The demand for affordable housing is very high. DC is not a great market for me because what's called the cap rate uh, is very compressed or it's just expensive here and I can't make the numbers work. I'm much more uh, systematic and risk averse now than I was back in the day, especially because I raise millions of dollars from investors now and I'm a fiduciary for their families and for their goals and, and what have you. But when I was doing a single family as a solopreneur, if you will, I it, it, it wasn't even about the risk. It was about the risk of not doing it. And I, all I wanted to do was generate enough passive income such that I had more income coming in than the employer where I worked. That finally happened in 2014, uh, where I realized that, oh my God, I'm making way more than I make at my corporate employer. And uh, maybe I could have done it better, Chad. Maybe I could have made more. It w- it's irrelevant because I just needed enough to cover my lifestyle of living. And then I could build from there. So since 2014, it has uh, accelerated in massive ways. And Maurice, That's, how long did it take you from the start? So when you you know you bought that first property, you already got your yeah. job. How long did it take you to build up to where your passive income was outpacing what you're making at work? And my assumption is you most likely elevated your income at work during this time too, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're catching up with something that's just trying to evade you to some degree. Right. How long was it before you got to that point where you had that realization? <clears throat> End of 2014. So it's 2002. I started 2014. I was beating my, my salary. And I just want to throw this out there. I didn't do it the best way. What I did was I bought all those homes. There was a bunch of them that had appreciated significantly. Instead of wasting the money and going to buy two Mercedes and the, 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 the beautiful condo and all that, I kept my standard of living pretty consistent. I took the equity that I made and a couple of the expensive ones. I paid off one of the two condos. And here's the beautiful thing that happened. Let's say I had the first two condos paid off. Then I took my corporate salary, my military salary, coupled it with the rents that was coming from those first two condos. And then I paid off the third one. And then I took the from the one, two, three, and then my salary paid off the fourth one. And I just kept pressing repeat for 14 years. It was the most inefficient, slow painstaking, lonely, 
effort because I was literally sending probably 70% of my paycheck over a 15 year period to do this, but I was willing to be patient and it, and it paid off. So I'm okay with it. You, you say inefficient and slow, but 35 homes in that early amount of time is amazing and blows most people's minds. So I think it's really cool with the mindset there and, uh, and how that's approached. Yeah. Now, when you were doing this with the goal of replacing your income from your day job, mm -hmm. I typically see people approach that from two different ways. They either, from a security standpoint, hey, I need a plan B, or hey, I want to replace my income to have more security, or I want to have more money and freedom for playing and doing the things I want to do. What was that early motivation for you to build that? Brother, it was, it was the latter. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna take the money conversation out of it because none of as I look back on as I reflect back on it, it was never about money. It was about being able to control my time. And I and I talked to you guys a little bit at the beginning about uh, what I refer to as the five freedoms. So it was financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, hence the travels. That's what I had mentioned. But it's also freedom of purpose. That tends to be the thing that makes us the most happiest from my perspective and freedom of relationships, which is making sure that there's nothing stopping you from building new relationships with people that can teach you or help you expand as a person. That's not networking. It's things that can stop you from doing that, like a job where you have to be for 15 hours a day, where you're too exhausted to go have relationships with people. Um, those, those were my goals. My goals was to live an extremely well life, not from a money perspective, from an experiential perspective. And I think I'm, no, not I think, I'm telling you, I'm living my best life now with, with what I'm doing and how I operate on a day-to-day. -day. So, so you knew your goals, you knew what you wanted to achieve. You started moving forward in yeah. what I would uh, consider a very fast pace and, and taking those opportunities that uh, you could to research and learn and implement. That's the biggest part I see is implement and go take action. Now, it took a long period of time for this to happen for you mm -hmm. with no roadmap, no sort of set of uh, mentors, do it this way. This is how I was able to do it. During that process, what kept you showing up every single day for all those years, not knowing whether you were going the right direction or not? Were you just committed to knowing this is going to happen if I put in enough work and time? Or did you ever question uh, the direction or the uh, investment plan you had in place? Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, I'm human. I think most most people days. struggle to show up every day for six months. You show up every day for years to make this happen with no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's to me, there's more risk in not doing it. I mean, that, that's the bottom I line. That. I, I don't... I, I am still at the company where I work now today because I want to be, not because I have to be. I'm a police officer in the DC area because I choose to be, not because I want to be. I wanted to live life that way, right? And I'm in my mid forties and the idea of waiting till I was 68 to go start enjoying life was not acceptable. So I was either gonna make it or not make it, but know that I tried my butt off to do it. So no, I never second guessed what I was doing, I just, now what I know, I could have done things a lot faster, but then again, I wouldn't be the same person that I am today. Man, I, I so admire that. The 
the mindset of work for 30 or 40 years and start enjoying life or having any time or freedom when you're 65, I, I just, that, that blows my mind that that is what our society pushes yeah. entrepreneurs and employees towards. I, I, that, that is not how I subscribe to life and business. <laughs> and I love hearing someone else. I, I'll tell you a funny story. I, yeah. Before my wife and I got married, we were talking and talking about our life and our future. And I said, listen, honey, I can only guarantee you one of two things. We're either going to be really successful or really broke. <laughs> the yes. average, yes. like nine to five life of conservative, boring work for 40 years and retire. That's not my plan. Yeah. I can't guarantee which direction it's going, but we're going to be one or the other. And fortunately, mm-hmm. we're leaning towards one side as opposed to the other. So uh, blessed and grateful for that. But I love that mentality. I want to add something to that. Um, there is nothing wrong with the nine to five at all. There, there's nothing wrong with it, especially if the nine to five you're working at is your passion. Mm-hmm. I got firefighter buddies, man, they love it. Uh, I've been a police officer now for 13 years. There's men and women who are doing the job who are just like, I'm in heaven doing the job because they get to help people every day. So there's nothing wrong with it. But I will take us back to grade school and high school where we were taught, okay, you go to uh, middle school, you go to junior high, high school, college, you get out of college, you get a good job, you you get your first place, then you find a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and then you get the mortgage, you get the uh, the house, the two, the two and a half kids, a white picket fence and a dog, and then you buy too many things, and now you are beholden to the job to pay for the payments on all the things that we buy, right? That path, I was very aware of not getting into that path. And I don't think a lot of, I, uh, a lot of people, I think a lot of people fall into that cycle because that's just generally what's taught. Mm-hmm. We're taught to be an employee. We're taught to sit in the chairs at school and face forward and do the programmatic assignment and da, da, da. We're taught to be employees. I don't think we're necessarily taught to be, uh, go after, go after freedom in your life rather than go after the title or the dollar. I, I never wanted titles. I wanted the freedom. So I never competed with my peers. Just tried to create for myself, my family, and my friends. Maurice, yeah. when you're saying that too, man, you're saying like we were taught those things. I 100% agree with you. I think that's just our society teaches similar like this. Hey, this is the path you're supposed to take. But it's mm-hmm. not just taught. It's like conditioned. It's conditioned. The point there you go. There you when go. you're not doing it, people are like, What's wrong with Maurice? Right. <laughs> they question you when you don't yeah. do it. You get it's like a, there's like it. this social pressure for you. Like you're being different. You need to get this is the way you're supposed to do it. Come back over here. It's it's there's this weirdness when you're an entrepreneur, you're making risk and sacrifices like you've made because your friends are like they, they're living seemingly a better life, right? They're sure. 25 years old, they got way more free time than you have at that point sure. because you're building for something bigger that's in your future. You're not building for like just tomorrow. And yeah. it's huge. But again, like there's this social pressure of like, what are y'all doing? Like at Chad's, it's funny too. You mentioned Maurice, like going to the library and reading books. Chad's story is so similar going to Barnes and Noble for months at a time, you know, just every day reading books about how to build a house. And then he builds his own house. And it's just, you didn't even have to buy the books. You just I'm free. Yeah. You. you guys were financially <laughs> thrifty from the start, man. That's there we awesome. go. That's why I vibe with y'all. I vibe with y'all. Yeah, but there's right. that pressure though that's on you to like conform, and it's it can be tough to get out of that pressure to to, there to is. stay true to your path. As Chad mentioned, like you stay true to a path for a decade when you probably got some some social pressure from outside of like, hey man, why don't you just do it the way we're doing it? 
So how did you I, keep yourself on that path for you? Like, was it just like, man, financial freedom just meant like it meant enough to me. Yeah. I, I could kind of taste it before it was there. Like, how did you stay so committed to your path? The travel, the travel did it. I had an experience when I was 15 years old. I was an inner city kid and my parents, I'm a native French speaker, but my parents had an exchange student come from Paris to stay at our house. The next summer, my dad sends me to his house in Paris and his dad proceeds to drive us around France for 30 days on my third day of being there. I experienced everything that you can possibly imagine. Emotional, uh, French food, French wine, castles, weddings, funerals, the Boy Scouts, playing sports. It just opened my eyes to the fact that the world had a lot more to offer than Boston at the time. So I always knew the world had a lot more to offer and I had to go out and get it. Sitting at a desk for 15 years or 20 years such that maybe one day I could go out and explore was unacceptable to me. Hence, I've been traveling in my own way, not as a tourist, never as a tourist, but traveling in my own way or taking on assignments for my consulting firm or in the military as a federal agent, specifically that had international context or doing something uniquely different or something, something like that. Because I had that perspective that there was way more in life to do, that's how I was able to do the following. I never competed with people. I never worried about the titles. I've been the same quote unquote uh, level at my firm since 2013. I don't care because I did not want to go be, I didn't want to be a partner. I didn't want to spend 100, 150 hours a week doing those types of things. What I care about, obviously I still work for my firm and I love, I love them. They've been the best to me over my life. What I cared about was giving outcomes to the people that I work for and outcomes to my customers. The title didn't mean anything. But I needed the W-2 to fuel my entrepreneurial endeavors, but I was unwilling to put in the extra time, the networking, the going to events and all those types of things that would take away from me building the second half of my life. I think it's really cool too. This has been repeated over and over with a lot of our successful guests. You don't have to quit your nine to five. Your nine to five is a huge asset. It is what can fuel and drive and take a lot of the risk away and be a, a training ground for what you're doing on the side. And sure. you're just another testament to that example. And there's something too I love about your story that I want to point out to all our listeners. Mm -hmm. There was a pivotal moment and you went one direction and most people go the other. You were young. You saw an opportunity to use debt to build appreciating cash flowing assets. Mm -hmm. Most people at that time choose to use debt to buy cars or watches or God furniture or what God knows what else and have depreciating expensive items that are liabilities, not assets. Yeah. People look at buying rental property as a risk because of debt, but people are out there every day using debt to purchase things that are, are not going to be an asset and not going to have any cash flow. So those, sure. those pivotal decisions to leverage things for cash flow and for growth and building and also to hang on to that nine to five because there's so much value there is, is an amazing part of your story that I think a lot of people don't understand. That's such a smart and easier way to approach changing your life and, and building that freedom. And it's funny because, uh, it's all about having freedom, but yeah. you sound like you've got 10 different jobs, but you've just been <laughs> able to have the freedom to do what you want and, and yeah. approach it on your terms and control, not somebody else's. That's, that's really cool, man. Not many people get here and, uh, 
uh, you being able to do that and share that with us today and all these tips is really, really awesome. So once you started building in those areas, uh, was it just, you just saw more opportunity and more opportunity and one thing led to another? No, uh, there was another pivotal point again, and it was in 2015. I wasn't growing anymore as a professional. I wasn't growing anymore as an entrepreneur because I had done the, remember I told you I hit that, that point in 2014 where I realized I had that income. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I was pressing repeat. This goes back to what I said earlier, where the notion of pressing repeat doesn't sit well with me. Even though I was successful in that uh, methodology that I was using, I got to a point where I wasn't growing and I needed a new challenge. So this is what happened. I, I think my iPhone was listening to me or eavesdropping on me or something because either a Facebook ad or, or an Instagram ad or something like that popped up for a multifamily seminar. So I went to that multifamily seminar. I left it in seven minutes knowing that I was going to go after uh, apartment complexes and mobile home parks and things of that nature. Had no idea what I was doing. I enrolled in their course. I invested in myself with a couple of thousand dollars. Um, I did the course for a while. In the middle of it, I got deployed overseas in Africa and, and in the Mideast. But when I came back, I went right back to the course. I hired a mentor. I knew that that could accelerate what I was doing. He helped me. It took me some time to get there. But eventually, when I did my first multifamily deal, the floodgates just opened. And um, since 2007, maybe 2007, late 17, early 18, it's been 20 apartment complexes and what have you. In the past 12 months, because I started a, I started Quattro Capital, which is the firm that I operate under with my four other partners, we've closed on nine apartment complexes in 12 months including mm-hmm. the last one three days ago. And to your point on debt, that was a $7 million loan, right? I have no problem signing that because I know that that property would probably be worth somewhere 13 to $14 million in about five years. The investors are going to benefit. My family's going to benefit. The residents are going to benefit. I'm going to improve their quality of life. But the reason I went that way, man, was had nothing to do with like, oh, I got to make more money or anything. I just wasn't growing as a person and I needed another challenge. And that was the challenge that presented itself. Man, so, you, you said the word repeat, Maurice. So you get tired of just repeating the same thing. And we hear often about, you know, like we do need to build certain habits for success. You know, you do some of the, the repeating, but there's a key difference here. If you're just repeating the first year at your job, every year, you don't have 30 years experience. You have one year experience repeated 30 yeah. times, right? Yeah. yeah. There has to be that refining process of like, I, I got to get better. And at a certain point, if I repeat, if every single morning I get up and do 10 pushups, yeah. at a certain point, I got to do something different. Either got to do a different exercise or I got to be like, I, I got to do a hundred pushups. Yeah. Like, it's got to be something about You're- getting better, like that growth. There's got to be a challenge. And so seeing you shift from like, I don't want to do the same thing anymore because I don't feel the growth. I don't feel the challenge. I need to do something different. And then mm-hmm. taking immediate action on that. That's at least twice in your story. You've gathered some information, some education, if you will, and immediately took action. That speed of implementation, it sounds like, is a huge strength for you. But yeah, man, like leveling up. Like you just continue to focus on leveling up and seeing, again, hearing you say, like, we closed 12 multifamily, like apartment complexes this past year. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, here's the the, the big difference. Um, and Josh, you you are spot on. And I'm thank you for picking up on the little nuances that I'm throwing out there. The first 
15 years of it, I did it on my own. The last three years of it, I'm just going to show you the difference of being, I'm just going to throw it out there, fine, like-minded individuals, fine teams. What I have done in the last 18 months with my current partners eclipsed the previous 16 years because I found the right people to partner with who would accelerate me. I reinvested in myself again by hiring a business coach. I understand that not, not everybody can afford those types of things. That is okay. There are free coaches called podcasts, books, libraries, and the biggest coach of all, Google, and maybe YouTube, right? So you, Absolutely. you, can, you can do it. You just have to shift and um, be met, uh, met, methodical about it. And I did want to mention one more thing. When I said about repeating, there is a difference between re repeating that gets redundant and consistency. What I was doing over those years was just being consistent to a plan but the plan executed and I got to that goal that I set for myself and I recognized that now I was just repeating. I wasn't being consistent to a goal. The goal had been met. So now my goal is after doing all these multifamily deals, I have a love of the Mediterranean and the Aegean region overseas. I want to be there. I'm usually there once a month, but I don't want to be there as a tourist. I want to be there as a member of the community. And the way that I could figure out to do it was to get involved in real estate development in that community. Now I'm interacting with government officials, partners, people within the neighborhood and all those types of things. So that is the new challenge. And I don't feel like I'm repeating again. I feel like I'm on to the next thing that will help me grow and help my family get its legacy in the future. You talk about repeating and growth. Uh, I read something, I think I saw it on Instagram five or six years ago, and man, it stuck with me. Rob Sharma has a quote. I don't want to live the same year 75 times and call it a life. And man, that described like everything <laughs> I believe. And sounds like that resonates with you too. That's, Ooh. that's really cool. Now there was something I read, uh, in some of your lessons and some of the things you go through, mm -hmm. uh, it says you believe in creating instead of competing. Yeah. I want to talk about that for a second because that's, I know for a lot of us entrepreneurs, we get so hung up in the competing and winning. What are your thoughts there? What are your feelings behind creating instead of competing? And how does entrepreneurs work? Are we able to transition into that type of mindset? Man, do you know how much more we could do for this world if we would stop competing with each other and start creating for, but I mean, that's, I know it sounds all like she, she <laughs> and well-to-do and stuff, but that we could create a better future. And it goes back to the schooling a little bit. Chad, I was supposed to compete with you to be the valedictorian. Uh, yeah, hey, Josh, right. I was supposed to compete with you because you were good, but I wanted to be the MVP, so I needed to do better than you. Um, I, I have just come to the point where I would rather align myself with like-minded people, figure out that we have some relatively common goal. Everyone's uh, a little bit nuanced in what they want to create in life and do that. I did not want to be, for example, in corporate and compete with someone to get the partnership. I, I, didn't, I didn't want any part of that type of life, actually. Um, I just wanted to get outcomes for my peers and my bosses or whatever you want to call it. Ever since I've been on this notion of, compete, of not competing and looking for people to create with, I'm, doing, I'm just involved in so many fantastic things. And the more people I connect with, I get involved in uh, ownership in these six restaurants. I'm not the one who owns, like, operates the restaurants. 
I am part of my police department and we go out and do wonderful things in the communities. By the way, in the military, I was lieutenant colonel, so I was extremely senior, right? Okay, in my police, as a federal agent, in my, and ran federal law enforcement investigations to the, to the extent that you could think the FBI does and all that type of stuff. I've been there, done that. I'm a midnight patrol officer in my police department. I could certainly go through the ranks and be a lieutenant or a chief of police or something like that. I don't want that. What I want to do is be part of my shift that goes out and helps people in the community. So that's what I mean about I'd rather create than compete. It gives me much more purposeful feelings of uh, how I'm going to operate on my day to day. And I prefer that. You're going for a purpose, though, man. That's the thing. That's the, from the beginning here of your conversation. Like you have talked about vision and purpose. Even just then when you mentioned like the repeating aspect, hey, you got 2014, you you really fulfilled your vision that you set out with. And mm. 12 years in, hey, here I am. I wanted to create a passive income that surpassed my expenses and my other income. You're there. Now it's about crafting a new vision. Where, yeah. where am I going to next? You talk about the yeah. purpose in the nine to five. Everybody yeah. else is competing with each other, trying to, you know, get the promotion. You're like, well, no, I'm I'm going to be really good at what I do. I'm going to honor my my employer and my customers. But this job as a nine to five, it has a purpose for me because I'm financing my dreams. So you're big on, you're, you're not competing with anybody. You're creating these opportunities to scale up for yourself because you have like purpose in mind. And I think a lot of people, man, they just get to, they get distracted because they don't have that like powerful why in their life. Again, yeah, I, I get love that. this man, that emotional connection as a 15 year old in France that yep. you have that just powers you like, oh, I want something different than what these guys are going to get. Yep. And it puts you on that path. That's such a cool way to live your life. And I love the police story. I was actually going to ask you, I'm like, how are you able to <laughs> be a police officer and have this other gig and do all this other stuff? I found a way. I asked a better question and, and my, my corporate employer at the time gave me a great answer to my better question, which was, listen, I'm going to go do this. How, how do we make this happen? I, I wasn't asking permission. I, when I joined the police department in 2008, I was going to leave corporate and give up six figures worth of salary. Because I was like, well, I got one life. This is something I want to do, and I'm going to go do it. But I asked a better question of how we, how can I do these things at the same time? And we came up with a solution for it. Um, so that worked. But I want to go back to your the, the notion of the why. Thank you for saying that. Because now my why is philanthropy. I think I can do something phenomenal for this world. Um, my son is over there, but... Uh, in my in my wallet, I carry a, I wrote a check for fifty million dollars like years ago, and it's in there. And I gave myself to twenty forty five to cash it. It's all tattered and all this stuff now. I know I'll get there in in some way, whether it's real estate or what I do in the stock market from following the Warren Buffett method. Um, on August fourth of this past year, if you remember, there was a huge blast in Beirut, Lebanon, and it was the third largest blast in human history behind the two nuke bombs in World War Two. Well, I started visiting Lebanon uh, in November of 19. Since then, I've been back. I think this is my 10th time since November of 19. When that blast happened, I was supposed to be there the day before it because August 3rd is my birthday. And I was tied up because I was doing a real estate deal in Tennessee. So I was going to land on August 6th. Um, it's very well that I would have been in the area where that blast was. So I raised $20,000 in about seven days with some business partners. I brought it over there. I know how to get that $20 to move much better kind of on the black market underground. And it has 80,000 80, of buying power. And I gave it to local businesses, some charities, and did a lot of stuff for the community there. I want to do stuff like that that moves entire communities. I can work street level like here. 
uh, on the police side and some of the philanthropic stuff that I do here. But I also want to do that on an international perspective. So, yeah, purpose is definitely what's driving me for all this stuff because my basic needs are already met. There's so much you do that so many people want to do one of those pieces and they can't figure out how. They're like, I would love to fundraise, but I don't have time. I would love to pursue a career in law enforcement, but I don't have time. I would love to invest in real estate, but I don't have time. It all comes, I would love to spend more time with my family, but I'm working and I don't have time. And it just goes, I see this cycle of everybody in our society. Time is the limiting factor. You've been able to leverage that through freedom. (laughs) Is that you talked about financial freedom through passive income, is that the way to start that process for our listener? How do you start finding how to grasp that elusive time? Well, I didn't have quote unquote financial freedom until I was mid low thirties or yeah. what have you. The way that I create, you got to create it and I get it. There's only 24 hours in a day, but if there's only 24 hours in a day, how did Elon do what he's doing? How did he create SpaceX, PayPal, Tesla, the boring company and whatever the heck he's doing right? And he is no different. I mean, he puts on one pant leg at a time, just like we all do. The way that I've created time over over the course of my professional life is by getting my butt up at four in the morning. Hmm. I did it today. I was up at 3.15 in the morning just because I couldn't sleep. I usually wake up at four. Um, I'm usually at the gym by five, but if I'm not, I'm sitting at this desk or wherever I am in the world and I'm working. And it's typically till eight o'clock in the morning before I have to start the regular business day or just do regular people's stuff. That is Four hours, assuming five days a week, but I know I did more. That's 20 hours a week, 80 hours a month, 960 hours a year. That's two-thirds of a year that you created within a year. So I like I understand that people are tired, and I have two kids, so don't tell me it has to do with kids. <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you really want it, then find ways to create the time. Don't do the what I call the brown time and go out and waste it. Every time you go out to, there's nothing wrong with going to the bar and hanging with your fellows. I, I do it all the time. But if that is what you want to do, or if you spend, you know, nine hours a day binging Netflix and then you, and at the end of it, you're like, man, I don't have time to work on my stuff. Then you're making a conscious decision to not go after it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. When my, yeah. So when my you- seven year old goes to bed at uh, eight o'clock, I'm 30 minutes behind him. There's no need for me to be awake because I, I got to get up at four o'clock and do what I want to do before my time on this big blue planet is over. So you you wake up every morning and you earn it first. I mean, you put in the work. You put in four hours before most people roll out of bed. You have earned that extra time and effort and efficiency and success before most people's day even starts. And I, I love that. It sounds like not only are you very focused and committed to the time it takes to win in the areas you want to win, but you're probably pretty freaking efficient about it. You probably don't scroll the internet and play on Facebook and Not work much. for five minutes. A year. <laughs> I bet it is four hours of getting after it. I think that's something a lot of people miss. I, I think they do miss it. And I will just add to that. Um, and, and it's a, it's a, it, it becomes a habit. It's just a habit. Now my body woke me up at three fifteen today and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I took a shower got some coffee, did some social media stuff. And then I went to the gym, had my workout and I was home by 6.15 working before my little one Noah got up at eight, right? So it's a, it's a habit, but I will add, and I got this from Tim Ferriss. I've become very good at automating my life, getting rid of the, the clutter, 
Uh, I don't receive mail anywhere. Um, all my mail comes into Earth Class Mail, which is an online interface for mail reception. All my businesses can be run from a laptop and from my cell phone. Uh, I choose purposefully not to buy a lot of consumer goods. They weigh you down. Um, if I leave my house for four months and go overseas, everything will operate as normal. Um, I've like systematized everything that I do, including my personal life. And it just gives me that freedom of that geographic freedom, right? I can literally yeah. get up and, and like last weekend, I just got up and went down to Florida for the weekend. So I needed a break, but there would be no interruption in anything that I was doing. So I've gotten good at it over the years, but there's just no excuse for not having time because it's there. That's so funny, man. You're saying that about automating your life because we just had a guest like two weeks ago <laughs> who wrote a book called Take Your Life Off Autopilot. Great guy. Off, Tony off, Ned, off, man. You would love the guy. Like he's <laughs> so super intentional and missional and purpose. That's yeah. what he's saying though. You know, he was saying more so like what you're saying there with automating things, like be purposeful with your time man. don't just yeah. like cruise through it, not thinking about anything. Like you got one life to live, like live it with intention, live it with presence. I love that you said this. I asked a better question and I think you were, you had the something in you was pushing for a better question because you have this vision and this purpose in your life that I think is beyond what most other people are able to identify for themselves. So it's not like it's not in there somewhere. They just haven't it's been able there. to clarify it. Right. Right. And so right. you're, you're constantly focused on how can I live out the life that I'm supposed to live and you're asking that question. So you're willing to quit your job to go be a police officer. And in the process of that, you're, and you're showing up at work doing your job. So your, your employer's like, well, no, 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 we, we can work something out because you make things happen. We want to keep you. I love that, man. Cause most people, Chad said it would just be like, well, I, I can't figure out how to do it. And you're saying, how can I figure out how to do this? And it's just a totally different mindset. So man, roll us into the, these five freedoms again. I, I, I want to take I think this is a very unique perspective with the five freedoms. I think most people have probably thought about this with two of them. They've probably heard financial freedom and they may have heard of time freedom, like being able to kind of have that lifestyle, do what you want. I don't think many people have probably thought about the, the geographic, maybe a little bit, but the purpose and the relationships, those factors of being free. I know yeah. I've never heard anybody talk about those two things. But walk our audience through, man. Like if they're you as the 21 year old, even, even the 30 year old, Walk us through these five freedoms and how we can achieve them in our lives. Okay, I'll go quick on the first two because I think they're relatively self-explanatory, all right? Passive, passive, excuse me, financial freedom is generally defined as having more passive income or income that is coming in that is divorced from your time. Having more passive income than you have expenses. If you've ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if your needs are met, then sky is the freaking limit for what you can accomplish and what you can do. So that's financial freedom. But of course, I don't think people should live in scarcity. I think people should live in abundance. So you should go after more of it. Time freedom is the big one. We, we all only have a 28,000 day clock here in general on this planet. And how we spend our time is really important. So if we can find ways to create time the way that I was telling you guys, right? I create time within the year or um, divorce how we make our income from time, right? That's a really important thing. So those are the two things. Because we all want more time. It's just what you said, Chad. I don't have time to, well, let, let's go create it. Let's figure that, those out. Geographic is, is what I talked about a bit. I have helped executives, and I do coach people. I have helped executives who wanted to leave corporate America 
or divorce themselves from the idea that they had to be in the corner office in New York City, and they are working from co-working and co-living locations from around the planet. Now, here's the thing. Maybe you lose a little bit of salary. Okay, so maybe you would make 300 grand in New York City, which you're probably broke with 300 grand in New York City, uh, and you go down to 120 grand. But if you are living in a co-working location in Aspen or in Oklahoma or California or Portugal or Bali or something like that, when you finish work every day, it's a brand new environment where you get, get to go learn, escape, have a beginner's mindset, all those types of things. So that's the geographic. The, the freedom of purpose. I have a friend who is a civil rights attorney. She supports immigration, excuse me, she supports uh, farm workers' rights out in California. She called me one day because she sees that I post about financial freedom all the time and stuff like that. And she says, hey, Mo, I can't really do that stuff or I, I haven't done that stuff and I don't want to start. And I said, well, you don't have to. She said, why? I said, because you're already living the dream. She is supporting, she's doing the same thing that her mother did, God rest her soul, and that her father did and that her father was doing with Cesar Chavez and all these other people in the civil rights community. So she is live, she's literally living her purpose every day, and there's no better gift on this planet to be do, doing a job you love. Um, so that's purpose. That's why I'm looking at my patrol car, but that's why I go patrol, because I like being the person who pulls the burglar out of that mom's house while dad is away on a business trip. There's two kids, and there's a burglar in there with a knife. I'll go get them because that's my way of helping community. And then the last one is really important. Freedom of relationships means I need to meet with y'all. I heard, I heard you guys podcast and I, and I reached out and I think I talked to Kate, but I reached out because I was like, man, I can learn from these guys because they are connected to all these other people. I can go learn from the guy who's doing real estate out in Cyprus. I can learn from the restaurant owner. If something is holding me back, from being able to engage in those relationships, then I don't have freedom of relationships. And that's what I mean by that. And that could be toxic relationships or a bad marriage or a job that keeps you pinned down for 15 hours a day. You got to clear, clear the deck such that you can expand as a person. And the way you do it is by having relationships. That's so impactful. And it's I just the amount of value there for me, and for our listeners is just almost hard to comprehend, man. That's, this is something I'm going to reflect that back on over and over and over and really change. <laughs> I feel like through the pandemic it's helped me overcome some of the challenges, find yeah. geographic freedom, find some more value in higher level relationships. And, and I started going that direction, but being way more strategic and really knowing those five freedoms are what I want. I've, I've stumbled into two or three of them, but to achieve all five, you got to be really strategic and you've got to put in work and time. And yeah. so I, man, that, that resonates with me on such a high level. I'm and glad, man. I'm so, glad. So valuable, man. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I, I love it. So I know for me in my life and my entrepreneur journey, I always enjoyed what I was doing. I love the growth. I yeah. love the knowledge I get from hands-on experience, from the failures, from the getting lucky, from the working hard and winning, like so much over and over in business and real estate and the things I have learned. But also here, probably in the last three years, something changed for me. It Work became so much more fun. Like it became mm -hmm. 
so much more of a game and fun and enjoyment and a lot less like work. And I think it's because I found some of those items and some of that freedom in some areas. Did you, did you have like a flip of a switch where it was grind, 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 get after it. And then it changed to, wow, this is really fun. And I really, I knew I liked this, but now I really love it. Was that, was there a moment in your life where that happened? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I still like, I prep, like, I'm not going to sleep for the next 36 hours. Cause I've been up since three. I'm going to be with you guys now and take care of my kids after. And then I'm going to go patrol tonight and I'll probably get home around six 30 and have to do work and maybe take a nap around 12. I'm, I am willing to do that stuff because it is fun because it is purposeful and it's not about the money at all. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes I cuss myself in the mirror and like, Wait, why are you, why are you doing all this stuff and everything? But then I come at it from a point of gratitude. I am so grateful that I landed in this unique position to be a senior executive, federal agent, Lieutenant Colonel, police officer, real estate investor, world traveler who wants to develop land in the Mediterranean. Like nobody in my family can ever say stuff like that, but they will after me because I'm going to set that precedent from my family. Um, It is fun. The, The problem solving is fun and the reinventing myself over and over is fun, but it's a self driven fun. It's not what society is telling me that I'm supposed to be. Matter of fact, I like that. I like bucking what society tells me to do. I can't stand it. I really can't stand it. Uh, outside of the military, which is a totally different environment of being told <laughs> what you're going to do. Uh, I don't like people telling me what to do at all, unless they have my last name and they're my mother and my father. Um, yeah, it, it, it ha- I didn't, I haven't reflected on it, Chad. It has been fun. And what I, and you know, one last thing, you know why it's so fun? I get, I met you and I met Josh today. So I'm probably going to do a little bit more research on you. When I go to work tonight, I'm going to be with my shift mates, which to me is like, being back in the huddle for football. Um, when I get home in the morning, I'm going to make some phone calls to Cyprus and probably to Turkey to a business friend of mine who will give me some advice. I get to connect with all these people and all, do all these different things and help people grow and learn from people and give back to the community. And I, you know, I, I, I just am a lucky SOB and, um, Man, you got me reflecting here and stuff, Chad. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You're going to be crying for the next 36 hours. Man. You can't <laughs> oh, stop thinking about it, I man. I love it. Maurice, he, you said this too, dude. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. Chad, I'm a little bit scared because he said after this, he's going to do a little research on us. And he's already <laughs> told us all these credentials he's got. Like, he's got some – he can find out more than the average guy can find out. <laughs> I know. He can probably look a little deeper into my past. He's probably got a little more clearance than most people Googling me. So I'm like, listen, man, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. I learned from it, you know. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you yeah. see a D.C. police car show up in your driveway, Chad. You're in trouble, dude. <laughs> I um, it, it really is, man, the, the connection and the relationships. Yeah. And, and and it's probably because we all spent so much time alone and on an island and trying to build something we didn't know what the heck we were doing and everybody right. thought we were crazy and right. and and now having that abundance mentality that you have is it's a rising tide raises all boats and everybody's winning and how do we figure it out together? It doesn't have to be a winner and a loser. It doesn't have to be that competition. Uh, it's how do we make it work and ask the better question? And I've never heard anybody put that in such simple to understand terms of, yeah, how do, how do you ask a better question? How do we, 
how can we do this? Not how do I leave this and go do something else? Or how does one person win, one person lose? And, and, um, so great, great, man. Just, just such a good, good tips and guidance for our audience. I love it. Yeah. And, and, um, just, I, I just want to stack on that real quick to be clear folks like yourselves and, and me and anybody else who's had whatever relative level of a success and that has nothing to do with money. Folks typically like to help people. I want to help people. Um, the deal, so we closed, Quattro Capital closed a 110 unit complex. It was $9 million was the ultimate sale, but it was 110 units in Decatur, Georgia. And the person who led the acquisition, Christy, my partner, it was her first deal that she closed. And we coached her through it. And she, she benefited greatly from it, trust me. But it was more so, man, I had the ability from being nothing financially when I was 21 to actually sponsor what's called sponsoring, but to sponsor uh, this deal for her such that the government would give us $7 million and investors gave us $3.5 million. And she learned in the process. And now she's going out to find more deals so we can do it together. Right. Yep. That's what it's like. That is the, the holy grail of it when I can help someone and then they stick with me or stick with whatever. And then they go help other people. And then they go out and be like, Hey, Maurice, that's a good dude. He helped me do the following. Like I, I love that stuff. And um, that's why I really like this entrepreneurial venture because entrepreneurial journey, because you can give back to a lot of people, whether it's corporate or this or that or whatever. Um, it's, it's beneficial. It's really good. I love that your focus isn't on, like you're just telling that story there. You could have come in being the big shot. Like, no, nah, I'm going to close this deal. But yeah, you were oh, yeah. focused on the impact. And knowing yeah. like that, that abundance mentality, it's like there'll be more deals. Like we're, oh, like, we're going to get yeah. more deals because you're, we're going to help you learn through this one. Like mm-hmm. we're duplicating, man. This is the big picture. I don't have to be the big shot because I see the big picture. And the big picture for people of purpose is how many, how many people's lives can you make better because you right. live the man seeing you do that? My life's better from talking to you, man. That's as we're <laughs> kind of wrapping this up. That's one of yeah. the things I thought of Maurice is like, again, I've never thought about all five of these, uh, these freedoms yeah, combined, but as I'm looking at them here, I wrote them down on my paper and you mentioning like that we get a chance to connect. Here's relationships. I, this podcast exists because me and Chad have at least a piece of the freedom in all these areas. Yeah. You know, and again, you like you said, like, hey, it's really not all about money. Um, what one person's bank account looks like to another guy's like that may make no difference from the standpoint of their personal freedom, but we all have enough of it to be able to fulfill it here right now, building relationships with people that we feel like have a purpose. Uh, we're yeah. totally in different geographies, right? Uh, <laughs> and then we got the time and the money to be able to make this thing happen. So I know I've learned today, Chad. I'm sure you picked up some great stuff too, man. It's been amazing. It's been so inspirational. I am so glad we connected. I'm excited to learn more, to plug in more, uh, yeah. to just all work together to make communities and lives and uh, the journey easier for other entrepreneurs. Maurice, thank you so much for your time and wisdom, man. It has been our honor and so impressed with all you're doing. Keep doing it. Keep teaching us, man. And thank you for joining us today. I'm, I'm, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. A, as we wrap up, where can people find you at? Oh. Uh, tell us a little bit about where they can find you, um, where they can follow along, what's going on, how they can look into engaging with you more. Yeah. 
Well, I'll talk about the life stuff since life is more important than the business stuff. Find me on Instagram, just Maurice Philogene. It's Philogene with a PH. Just check the show notes. I tend to talk about the five freedoms there quite a bit. Uh, you'll see me posting from Lebanon and Beirut or northern Lebanon or in Florida last week, Germany a couple before the pandemic. I have been traveling through the pandemic, but very, very safely. Um, Finland five times in 2019. So uh, you can catch me on Instagram for sure. I'm definitely on LinkedIn um, and very, very active on LinkedIn. And of course, from a business perspective, my firm is called, my, my real estate firm is called Quattro Capital. The website is the Quattro, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O, the Quattro Way, W-A-Y.com. And uh, there's a link there to schedule some time with Maurice. I have never not returned anyone's message for any reason whatsoever. So as, I, as, as Josh and Chad alluded to, I'm not here to compete with people. I'm here to create. So if there's something we can do together, or if you're looking for a piece of advice, or if you can give me a piece of advice, reach out and I'll be the first person to hit you back. It's been awesome. It's been fun. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the time. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.